Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Hello there. A Utini production. This is where the fun begins. Episode 3, Journey to Episode 9. Execute Order 66. On this episode, new releases leading up to Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. I will deal with this Jedi slime myself. And remembering the gentle giant, Peter Mayhew. <laughs> now. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Charles Hankel. So yesterday you're like regaliaed up, right? Yeah. So yesterday I so I showed up at my graduation or whatever. You know what? I think we should talk about this specifically, like in a like I want to do in the in our episodes. I want to mm-hmm. do like what's new in our lives, kind of before we go into Utini, just really briefly for like to make us minutes. sound like more humans. Yeah, exactly. So let's just talk about that. All right. Well then, hey, uh, can you show us the the book that you just bought again? <laughs> yeah, I, can that start a, us off? It would be an honor. So it's <laughs> it's one of what I've now learned are four different hardcover versions of the Phantom Menace novelization. <laughs> There's one with um, Queen Amidala on the front that looks a lot like Queen Shadow. There's one with Darth Maul on the front. There's one with Obi Wan on the front, and then there's the one that I got from. Thrift books. Should I? I probably shouldn't say that. I should probably. Say I got this. I mean, you can buy it. Listen, I we don't sell. Say I got this sell, through um, <laughs> We don't sell any books through. I don't know that people buy a lot of used books through. I guess they do on Amazon still. That That's happens. Yeah. Never mind. But regardless, yeah. you got this Anyways, gem. <laughs> so I got this this book, which has none other than young Anakin, uh, Jake Lloyd on the front. And that's that's fine and all. You know, that's not that bad. And I was like, you know, I kind of wish it, it had been Obi-Wan. And then I flipped the book over and saw, <laughs> in all his glory, a headshot of Watto just staring me down. And It is like his glossy is, headshot. Like, he's going to go on auditions or really something. It really is. It really is. Like he's, It's really in your face. It's he, huge. It takes up the whole cover it's, of the book. His head Why? is as big as my head. Like when of I all the characters, <laughs> all the characters they could have printed on the back of the book, they put Watto. It looks like he's auditioning for, like, a... a infomercial for a hypertension medication <laughs> and, and he would get the part he would side effects my, may vary my blood pressure is out of control <laughs> so it is, on it that is quickly skyrocketed to one of my favorite books of my collection purely because it's of incredible that. everyone needs more Watto in their life and you know what our audience needs more living force in their life so let's give it to them Gentlemen, welcome to episode three, Revenge of the Sith of the Living Force podcast. Like, also, that bit's only going to work six more times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are coming at you with your EU news for the week from the folks at Utini. I am Eric Eilerson, your content manager at Utini and one of your hosts. I am joined by two lovely gentlemen, as always. First off, Corey Helton. Corey, how are you? That is Dr. Corey Dr. You, sir. Corey Elton, officially, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes, man. I graduated from medical school yesterday Ooh. on May the flipping 4th, and I am doing fantastic. My God. They, enough people said, yeah, let him do medicine. That's right. They're making a horrible, horrible mistake, <laughs> but that's okay. Exactly. And speaking of horrible mistakes in medicine, we also have Charles Hankel. How you doing, man? <laughs> I almost spit my coffee out. 
not not quite as well as Corey. Um, I do not graduate for another week, so I'm still just Mister. Can I like can I like demean you the way an attending does a medical student like the rest of this episode? Oh, I'll please. allow it. I will allow it for only this episode. <laughs> not not yeah. Got- so. So yesterday I, I showed up, I was about to tell the story earlier, but I thought this would be a great one for the audience to hear. I showed up to my, my getting ready for graduation. You, you get there several hours early, like right at the end. We had to get there four hours early and I oh. knew we had to get there four hours early and I had to drive an hour and a half from where I lived to the medical uh. school. So I'm on a different campus and blah, blah, blah. So I was going to go get some breakfast and I knew I was going to eat it on the way. And after spilling an entire cup of coffee on my shirt during interview season, I learned if you're going to eat breakfast and you're going to have to look nice, like don't wear the nice clothes <laughs> that you're going to wear on the way there. So right. I'm like, well, I get there. I have been there four hours early. Like everybody else is. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep my Star Wars t-shirt on that I was wearing. Like I'm not going to go in here and like be dressed up and hot for the next four hours. So I go in and literally everyone in the entire school is dressed like super nice. Like like a hundred a hundred and twenty people. They're all wearing ties and shirts. I'm like, I look like crap. Uh wearing a t shirt, that's fine. Um well everybody knows that I do this whole Utini thing and that I'm like the biggest Star Wars nerd ever. And they're like, Oh my god, that shirt is fantastic. You're gonna wear that under your gown, right? And I'm like, uh yeah, totally. And they're like <laughs> You have to wear that, right? You have to wear that. And there's like strict dress code and stuff. They're like, you have to wear dark shirt under it and all this crap. And I'm like, so I like snuck around and um, while everybody's putting the regalia on, I'm like looking around, making sure nobody's <laughs> nobody's watching me too close. And I just put my gown on right over my Star Wars stuff. And it was great. Everybody thought it was fantastic. And I got peer pressured into wearing my, my Star Wars stuff under my regalia. And I have no regrets. It was perfect. I and love there that. Was no, no, which, shirt, which shirt was it? Yeah, it was, the- it was, it was my, it was my Ray shirt from Star Wars Celebration, which right. is green and the medical um in the md graduation is green so it looks pretty nice like yeah it looks pretty good i also got notified on facebook yesterday that i got into medical school on may the 4th in 2015 so man full circle four years yeah the fourth is with you the will of the force man will the force well congrats man like that's for all the stuff we do at utini and all this and all like you know the stuff we say to you all the time that this is a huge deal and that's was yeah. super hard. And thanks for starting a company while you were still in medical school. It's been an honor, and I'm <laughs> glad to have other people that have suffered with me. Charles, it's gotta <laughs> suck, man. Medical school is terrible. <laughs> it's almost over. You're yeah, gonna get there now. Now, now, Corey, did you wait a whole 15 minutes before changing your uh, Amazon prefix to Doctor instead of Mister? <laughs> My Amazon prefix. Yeah, when you get packages now, you can have oh, Doctor oh, Corey Helton oh, on address. It. Yeah, I guess I could do that. You could. I mean, technically, you know, I've heard, th- heard it. That's like an issue with like getting paid and stuff. So, like, if people like if you own a practice or work in private practice, and people like send you a personal check and it says like Doctor Corey Helton on it, like the bank can sometimes make a big deal out of that and want that to go into your business account because it says Doctor on it. So, Ugh. yeah. See. Know. That's the reason I didn't go into medical school, actually. That's the only one. I didn't want to deal with the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Boring adult stuff. Moving on from that, because, again, (laughs) huge deal. I'm so proud of you, dude. Charles, um, when do you graduate again? How long you got? This Friday. This Friday. A few days. So so by the time this podcast actually releases, because we do record these a little early, uh, Charles will also be Dr. Charles Hankel. Ah, 
So, so uh, Corey, you can't <laughs> eat me anymore. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy it while you can. So, but in Utini news-wise, uh, Corey, what have we been doing this week? Like, we got a, a pretty massive news drop on May the 4th, obviously, uh, but that yeah, is not right. the only thing that's happened on the site this week. Yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, that's kind of the big focus of this episode. But uh, as far as what's going on at Utini this week, well, the podcast is totally out now. We were waiting on we were waiting on the iTunes approval and the Google Play approval, which takes a couple days to uh, totally release a podcast to the public, and now it's out there. So I would have liked to release the show, you know, at episode zero like we did, but it looks like that hit the public, and we really blasted it out, like marketing wise, at about episode two, one, episode one or two. So if you're just now tuning into the podcast. You know, you're not missing anything. Go back and listen to the other couple episodes because they're nicely led into each other. And episode zero is particularly cool because we talk about why we're doing the podcast in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, podcast is live. Other news, we've been working on the... Uh, I've made some major developments on the bookshelf and timeline stuff. Like, I haven't even showed you guys all the cool stuff that I've done. I figured out how to do some really cool Java script stuff with, like, these toggle switches. So you can basically turn on... Make the timeline like show what you want it to show. So like it'll start off, it'll open it up by default and show everything. And you can like turn off the comics and it'll take all the comics out of the timeline. You can like turn off the novels. It'll only show young adult novels. So it's awesome and I can't wait to show it to you. That's insane. Um, I need that and that really makes the bookshelf sweet too. Yeah. So that, that functionality will carry over there. So that's really big. And- sweet. And we're still planning yeah, to launch I mean, that like by summer, ideally, right? For yeah, summer, audience. ideally. Like, I mean, it's basically ready now, but I just keep finding new cool stuff that I want to dump into it. So, I mean, I got a little time left. So, I'm thinking maybe June first, probably at the latest, and we'll try to launch that. So, we'll see. Sweet. Uh, that's so that big, that's the that's the big stuff. Yeah, Utini yeah. wise. Um, yeah. As far as our news drop goes, unless you've been living under a rock, you all heard that on May the fourth, we got a huge. Book announcement uh, from Del Rey, which is and Lucasfilm, which is the again, like Corey said, the purpose of this episode. But from the blog side of things at Utini, we had a hell of a time getting that news up as quickly as possible. Um, fast, and really super fast. proud to say that from the time that it was tweeted out officially by StarWars.com, it was less than an hour until we had our own email and our own articles out. So that was. A blast, and it felt like we, we were like in yeah. a newsroom. <laughs> we were bragging about this earlier. We beat the official announcements hitting people's inboxes. Yeah, right. So if you are subscribed to our newsletter, then Utini is oftentimes because we're such a small team, we're able to get you guys like the news faster than mm-hmm. official sources can get it to you. So if you're not on our newsletter already and you want to be like in the know with as soon as stuff drops, you guys hear about it. You need to follow us on social media. Go to our website, scroll to the bottom of the page, get on our newsletter, and um, you can get that stuff sent to you really fast. So, um, you know, that's what we're striving to be the fastest on the internet as far as getting news to you guys about books and comics and the expanded universe. So subscribe to us on all the channels and we will serve you well, hopefully. Exactly. And, and last thing I want to talk about real quick before we jump into the Journey 2 line uh, is Peter Mayhew passed away. Uh, we, by the time this podcast comes out, it's been, it's been a bit, but we haven't addressed it yet. When it when that news dropped, I know we were all kind of talking in our company Slack and Discord and stuff, and it it hit me a lot harder than I thought. Me too, you know? man. Like he's, me too. It was, it's like the first it was Carrie Fisher, and now we have Peter Mayhew. It's like all the greats are you know quickly leaving our lives, and it's like losing heroes, man. Like it, it uh, is, yeah. Celebrity celebrity deaths usually don't really affect me, really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like these people that are famous and. You know, like, I just don't really have the personal connection with, but now I, I think I do. With Star Wars, it's something different. It's like, they're like members of our family, and 
Peter Mayhew was a great guy. He was really big in the Star Wars fan community. He mm-hmm. went to all the conventions. He was fantastic about tweeting at people. Yeah, and on Reddit, like he would always just chime in, and 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 he was such a, a lovely, warm presence. And the crazy thing is, like he was at Star Wars Celebration a couple weeks before he died, and and similar to Carrie, we didn't really have a, a, a lead up to them passing. You know, I mean, Peter's yeah. been he's been sick for a while, and just like in general. But I, but there wasn't like you know a slow illness happened like with him and Carrie they both just kind of got grabbed really quickly so that was that was rough but we we here and I'm sure all of you listening will always remember Peter as one of the foundational people of a big part of our lives I mean he was he was chewy to everybody and yeah. especially the way Jonas talks about his mentorship giving over the claws and the fur over to him. Uh, for Solo and the new movies uh, was very, very sweet. And so from us at the Living Force, officially rest in peace to Peter Mayhew. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Now, I want to transfer to our main discussion of this episode because, guys, we had this episode planned for about a week. We had our date prepped. Uh, we had our topic prepped. We were going to talk about what do we want from the Journey to Episode 9 books. Oh, <laughs> I was we so were so ready. excited. <laughs> we, we, we all had, had pitched like two or three books with authors and titles about what would be so cool to see. And then the day before we recorded, the entire line gets, gets announced. Uh, well, actually, it's really funny that that happened because I was just going to say all of this. So, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> titles and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you know, gonna... like the, there's always that guy that like predicts the title of the movie on Twitter like mm-hmm. ten years before it's released. Yeah, I was doing that. That was you. Book. So yeah, you know, we don't have to. You know, there's no way I can prove that now. Obviously, but <laughs> I had but, but dark, you wouldn't lie about that. I had a dark horse uh, selection that had to do with pod racing. Not in this line. <laughs> Not in this line. <laughs> Rude. You've on this weird Phantom Menace kick lately, Charles. What's up Listen, with that? Man, it's like it's some kind of anniversary, and it's getting me excited. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. Tune uh, in next oh. time. <laughs> so thanks to Corey's clairvoyance, he already knew what the books were going to be. But for Charles and I and for uh, you all, uh, we were we were pretty shocked in the, the and honestly, a best, the best way, I'll say, um, with this announcement. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through uh, three of the main books – that got announced and give our initial thoughts and opinions on them. Talk about the writers a little bit. Uh, and let's just let's out. briefly let's briefly talk about what the Journey series is, what it has been in yeah. the past, and what we sort of gotten in its implications for the EU. If you guys don't mind, not at all. No, no. Um, Did you guys yeah, read so, the Journey two books when they first came out for Force Awakens and Last Jedi? I didn't for the Force Awakens because I didn't I didn't really understand the whole I didn't understand what it was like there was these weird books that had that said Journey to the Force Awakens on the front but I didn't really get it which is why I wanted to talk about that but yeah. I did for the Last Jedi so I watched them there or I read them read them yeah and them I was mind. I was in the exact same boat because I just I saw them for the Force Awakens but I didn't think that they would necessarily really have that much implication on the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you when when I got on board was when Rogue One came out. That's when I got on board because Catalyst came out before Rogue One, and it wasn't there wasn't like a Journey to Rogue One series of mm-hmm. of books, but Catalyst was really marketed as being the prequel to Rogue One, right? So yeah, I wanted to make sure I I, I was able to read that read that, and I did. I read it before Rogue One came out, and it made the it made the movie. Really cool. <laughs> Fascinating, yeah. Because I didn't read it until after Rogue One, and it was which which is fine. I mean, if you if you're listening to this and you haven't read Catalyst yet, definitely pick it up. Even if like you're like me and you're not the biggest Lucino fan, it's a tremendous read and really like you yeah. said enhances the Krennic um, 
Galen relationship a ton. Yeah, it does. Um, and Luceno is, um, he's a much more serious author, I think, in Star Wars is a good way to describe him. He wrote Darth Plagueis. Uh, he wrote uh, Catalyst, obviously. Mm-hmm. What's something else Luceno's got? I can't remember. He wrote the Millennium Falcon book, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Luceno is my personal favorite author, too. Yeah. And it's pretty bad that I can't name all the books that he writes. Like, he's he's technical. Head, he's very technical in how he writes. He is. Um, he is. And it takes some time to get into his books and to figure out his plots, but everything comes together in a beautiful way, mm-hmm. like as like the Emperor's schemes. So. Yeah. But, it's but really good. It's, it's interesting in how Catalyst kind of served that for Rogue One because the Journey 2 line as a whole, I think how it's pitched is to, at least I assume this is what, what happens in the Lucasfilm writer's room. They're saying, all right, we're going to do these books to get people more excited for the movies and not necessarily fill in gaps, but to kind of enhance your viewing experience. So if you don't read right. them, you're not lost. But like for Leia, Princess of Alderaan, that was a Journey to Last Jedi book and it introduced a Holdo. So right. I got to go into that movie because I did read that before Last Jedi. I got to go in and know what Holdo and Leia's relationship was before I saw the movie, which was super right. cool. Which is kind of well, that's, you know that's what the expanded universe is all about is adding value to the film. So like now there's a lot of value in trying to you know, plow through these books and stuff, the comics and everything before the film comes out because uh-huh. it it really creates a lot of backstory that makes the first viewing experience truly enriching and especially with a movie. You know, I, I will never say a lot of stuff negative about The Last Jedi because I just don't think there's a place for that. But, like, with a movie that was as controversial as The Last Jedi, yeah. having additional knowledge going in as sort of a super fan going into those films is awesome. And it makes it makes, it makes makes the viewing experience completely different. So Yeah. And I think it's really cool to have the Journey 2 line because you get something like Lost Stars, which was <clears throat> Journey 2 Force Awakens and is widely regarded by us, our community, and the Star Wars community as a whole as one of the best Star Wars books, it it right. had a little bit of momentum for a story that maybe otherwise wouldn't have gotten as much press because it didn't right. have to do with a lot of main characters. It was all new. It was in a time period we didn't know a lot about. But because it had that little Journey 2 title, it got a little publishing momentum. So yeah. I think that was really cool. Phasma was, I think, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Was that Journey to Last Jedi? Did yep. you guys read that one? I did. It's great. Yeah. I'm what about you, Charles? Just Canto Bite, actually, I think is the only one that okay. I actually read, which I didn't love, but it also, again, added some more to another, honestly, part of The Last Shadow that a lot of people didn't like, so it does help add some value to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's talk, I think, briefly about what historically the Journey series has included. Because so, it seems there's sort of a pattern in the last couple of years, and at least the, you know, the last mm-hmm. two times they've done this. The Journey series has typically included one adult novel, mm-hmm. a full adult novel that is relatively more important, I think, for the for the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I think for the I think for Last Jedi, it was Phasma. Was Phasma Last was, Jedi? Yeah, Phasma's Last Jedi. Phasma, yeah. All right, it's, okay, yeah, Phasma was the Last Jedi book, which is really important <laughs> for Phasma's yeah. character, actually. So that one has the point I'm trying to make is the adult novel they usually re- release has some type of implications for the film. It's yeah. worth reading, generally. The Force Awakens, less as much, because what was the Force Awakens adult novel? Was I don't it Bloodline? Even... I think it was Bloodline. It could have been. I mean, I know it No, was... no, because that was Claudia Gray, and she wrote Lost Stars also. Yeah, I don't even remember what the, what the adult novel either. is. Well, we're a podcast talking about the Journey series, but... It was remember. Aftermath. Aftermath, oh. okay. Okay, yeah, that's what sure. it fits yeah. in. Yeah. And then the YA novel was Lost Stars, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right, right. There, yeah okay. there's always a YA as well, which, right. is, which is funny because this is the first Journey 2 series where the YA isn't written by Claudia Gray. Oh, oh true. 
because she did Lost Stars and Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Right, right. So you typically get one adult novel, one young adult novel, a new mini series of comics. Generally, mm-hmm. has been the case. Sometimes we get a full a full series announced, but I don't think they they've done that the last time either. And yeah. then we get some. We get some. I still am, am unsure of what to classify these books because they're younger than young adult books, but they're older than like kids' books. All like ages, that. I'd say probably. Yeah, maybe all ages. Or middle middle like grade junior. novel isn't isn't one of them called like a middle grade yeah, novel? Something like that. Maybe juvenile yeah. novels you could call them that. Maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know. But they're sort of. I mean, they're sort of middle school, somewhere between middle school and high school age books, mm-hmm. and they're really short, but they are pretty cool. Usually, Cobalt yeah. Squadron is one. Yep. They're, Legend, they're, uh, Smuggler's Run, uh, Chewie and Han Tail is one. Those are all really good, and they're worth yeah. reading. They're like bite-sized uh, bite character adventures. So it's like how Phasma was an adult novel kind of all about a character arc and also had to do with the First Order. These are like, hey, you want a Rose story? Boom. You want a Finn story? Boom. You want a little bit of Han right. story? And it's just little things like that uh, that you can really breeze through. Right. Right. Then on top of the sort of juvenile age books, you get a bunch of kids books, which is like all the golden books, like the mm-hmm. bedtime stories, all the DK reader books. So you get mm-hmm. a bunch of them. There's usually about, what do you guys think, eight, eight-ish, eight to ten books announced when they do these big announcements like this? Yeah, at least. Yeah. there's a. There, I was surprised at the amount of books we got, especially in those like young readers and the reference books and things like that. Um, and the art book with that cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we God. usually get some sort of reference book, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because Pablo said he's doing – because that's Pablo Hidalgo's thing. He'll do the, the visual guides, and he said on Twitter he's a – now he can announce he's officially rounding out his trilogy with this one. Right. Um, with The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Those art of books, though, honestly, are some of my favorite things that come out of the movies. Yeah. Like, I have The Last Jedi art of books sitting right next to me right now, and I just – I'll still flip through it sometimes because they're just beautiful. And judging by the that cover that they released for The Rise of Skywalker, it's going to be – some pretty cool stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. If you guys haven't seen the the cover of that art book, it has Ray and Kylo on it, kind of splitting the cover. And it's fun me because the backgrounds behind each of them are the inverse of their lightsaber colors. So I think they're really playing with the idea of balance, and they're not letting us know anything. And I love it. <laughs> so that's basically how they usually go. Do you guys have a other than Lost Stars, obviously? a journey to book that you thought was either one of your favorites or one that you really think kind of exemplifies the line the most, you know, that really kind of is, this is why the journey to books exist because of books like X. I might say honestly that aftermath might make the most sense for me just because there was so much stuff to fill in, in the Mm -hmm. background of what was leading up to the force awakens Sure. And that one, I think, more than any other, probably fleshed out what the setting of the movie was going to be, uh, more than any other. So I might go with that one. But again, Lost Stars being one of Utini's favorites in general, I would pick that one if Eric let me. But <laughs> thanks, Eric. <laughs> Them's the rules, son. Yeah, let's let's briefly talk about Lost Stars for a second. Or Lost Stars, I'm sorry. Aftermath for a second because um, Aftermath is one of those books that's got a lot of controversy kind of surrounding yeah. it. Uh, when it came out, it was not well received. People didn't like it for for various reasons. The biggest thing that they quoted for not liking it was the writing style and, and Windig is the author. Interesting guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He's pretty, pretty... What's the word? Outspoken. Outspoken. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a great one. He's, he's pretty outspoken on Twitter. He clashes with folks a lot. And a lot of people really don't like his attitude or whatever. But I don't really... Let's not even go into all that. No, let's talk about um, just the writing and the, the content. Yeah, so the, the writing is sometimes 
hard to get into when you read it. If you read, did you read a physical copy, Eric? I did. I, I only read physical now uh, okay. because I'm a bad millennial. But yeah, yeah I, I picked up Aftermath earlier this year and I breezed through the trilogy because honestly, I loved it. I loved Aftermath. Uh, it's all written in present tense is also kind of shocking when you read it. Um, you know, most books are going to be past tense and kind of your more normal word flow. He has a lot mm-hmm. of shorter sentences. They're all in present. And I, for me, it added a lot of immediacy to the writing where you can't kind of turn your brain off as easily in some other books. So that might have been right. a little difficult. Right. And we at Utini believe in being critical without being hateful or negative right. or, you know, two, two things like that. And like, if you have trouble reading, um, reading Aftermath, like I did, I didn't love Aftermath when I read it either. I've heard that the audiobook completely makes up for that. And, and apparently the sentence structure somehow flows really naturally in audiobook form. And I've heard that as a common criticism of Chuck Wendig's work is that, uh, he writes like people speak, and it sometimes comes across poorly in writing style. So fascinating, yeah, yeah, That's very interesting. interesting. If you if you have not read Lost, I keep saying Lost Stars. If you've not read Aftermath yet, that trilogy is fairly important for the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. There's a couple canon issues in there of sort of redconning things that that are sort of questionable. As with anything in in canon legends, whatever mm-hmm. you got to you know take any kind of discussion about canon at the grain of salt. But yeah, because. What I'll say about Aftermath, the whole trilogy for me, it's really impactful because of the characters. Like, Chuck Wendig really creates a lot of original characters and brings in um, some we know, like Snap Wexley as a kid. He's kind of one of the main characters in this trilogy. And his mother is actually the protagonist for the most part. Uh, But the people around them are so fleshed out and so fun that I think it's really like reading a book with a a Firefly-esque crew. Yeah. Like, I I really don't care where they're going or what they're doing so much as I want to hang out with these people. And that's what I really loved about that, that series. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say on, you know, to answer your question, Phasma is my go-to uh, mm. journey series book because it, it completely introduces her character. It's, it's Phasma's origin story, which mm-hmm. people have been a little critical of Phasma in the films. Like this book completely makes up for all that. She's a great backstory, really great origin story. That book is fantastic. So that's my favorite one. Um, journey series, but I think we should just dive right into talking about these new ones here. I'm so ready. All right. First one uh, is the flagship adult book called Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, who is, I found out, a Hugo and Nebula Award winning sci fi author. Really? Yeah. Last year, she won the she won the 2018 John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer. Uh, wow. She she writes a lot about she's uh, part Native American, part African American. She writes a lot about kind of her experience about identity and uh, fitting in through like a sci fi fantasy lens. And she got a ton of awards uh, last year for best short story and things like that. Right. So bringing on an author of this caliber to write our flagship star wars journey to book for the last skywalker film is freaking awesome yeah yeah so i was i was gonna bring something up interesting like we're not a literature podcast right like none of us are you know none of us are super well well read i don't think as far as like we're not like english majors like i'm i'm a theater major so i got a little bit of the artsy artsy things but that's That's not our, any of our actual life profession things, no. right? So we're not we're not trying to be some sort of you know literature and let's critique all the literature. You know, we're an expanded universe podcast. We want to talk about its books and their implications for the EU and sort of Star Wars canon that sort of thing. Um, so whenever we get a new author, it's always really exciting for me because like I get to come into it with a completely unbiased view towards authors. So like 
Um, we're getting a new book by a new author. We have no idea what kind of author she is unless you've read a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't think you guys have, right? No, I haven't read her no. stuff yet. Not at all. Yeah, so I, I don't know anything about her as an author. Um, it's always exciting because when we get new authors, like I always have to ask the question, is this the next Claudia Gray? Is this the yeah. next Timothy Zahn? Is this the next James Luceno? Like, you know, it's exciting. Absolutely. And the publisher summary for the book uh, is as follows. And then I want to I get your guys' takes on it. In this journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Now, that is kind of the most vague thing I could ever imagine. <laughs> but all we know is that we're getting our favorite characters together. I mean, Poe and Rey met at the end of Last Jedi for the first time, which is crazy to think about. But based on just that pitch, what do you guys predict or want from this story? Charles, what are you, what are you thinking based on well, that? So first of all, I, I'm just going to say the, the cover art is gorgeous. And I'm going to use that cover yes. art to kind of give you my take. I mean, we have Poe. We have all the characters you just named on the cover. But Poe is much bigger than anyone else. And so mm -hmm. I think he might play a bigger role in this. And I think they have to save a lot of what Ray is going to do and a lot of what Leia is going to do. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually go back on that. A lot of what Ray has to do for the film, they're going to save her more for the film. Sure. Leia, I think they have a really interesting opportunity now because we know they're painted into a corner with how much they can do in the film, obviously because of Carrie Fisher's passing. So I think that we're going to see a lot of her and a lot of Poe in here. I think what, what that means, I think we're going to see some maybe throwback allies to the rebellion coming back um mm -hmm. certain species maybe maybe we're gonna see bothans come back and help out a little bit yeah okay. i don't know um i'm kind of spitballing here but i i think that we're gonna see a lot of the building up of the resistance maybe in this journey to line because we know there is a some sort of jump in time between the end of the last jedi and the beginning of the rise of skywalker and i don't right. think they're going to want to necessarily put a whole bunch of screen time towards having to build, you know, the, the armies back up and the military forces back up because we need a lot of time for closure and a lot of time for the actual battles and the entire ending of, of this entire saga. Agree completely. Now, do you think that, because we know we're getting Lando in the next film, mm -hmm. do you think Lando comes back in this book? Uh, or do you, cause mm -hmm. I think there's a possibility in the movie that we go into a bunker and it's like general and then he just turns around and it's Lando because yes. we don't see, need to see them recruiting him. But do you think this might be the book where I've got a maybe. friend? Yes. Yeah, I think we're going to get the reference to him and and maybe they won't even say his name. But yeah, we know who they're talking about. But I don't think there's any way that they don't have like the grand return of Lando in the movie. Yeah. I mean, they might, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, first, in, first impression on getting this announcement dropped. All right, you see the cover. It's got Poe's big face on it. It's got Leia. She's wearing her outfit. It's such a good face. The, yeah, she's and Leia's wearing the outfit she was wearing at the end of the Last Jedi. That mm -hmm. big cloak thing where that covered her face. You know, um, Finn's wearing his outfit. Ray's wearing her outfit. This is they're, they all are dressed like they were at the last. You know, at the end of the Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And then the publisher summary that that you just read. So like. Those three things, the first thing that you that you, you learn about this book. And my first thought is like, wow, are we actually getting a book that is 
directly related to a film as a lead up to the film being released because that's a big deal because it's huge it's not what the other, as we said earlier in the podcast it's not what any of the other journey two lines right. have done it's not phasma's origin story it's not lost stars which has nothing to do with the films at all like it's this it i mean up to this point disney has been relatively strict on having books and comics have direct implications for the films that are about to come out. Now they mm-hmm. they can go backwards and have implications for the right. films. We've never gotten a book that has been a direct lead up to a film except for Catalyst. That's really the only one that is truly like if you read this right before you watch the movie then like it, it can change things. For mm-hmm. you, right. Um, but this looks like that. We know that uh, some time is going to pass between uh, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. And is this book going to fill in the gaps? Just because based on this limited information we have right now, it sure as heck looks like it. Yeah. And this and this book releases on November 12th. So we're going to have a full month for everyone to read this and kind of be in the loop. Like, not a full not- month, Eric. Not a full month because that's the same time Disney Plus is dropping Mandalorian on us. Oh my god. We're going to oh have a lot. Same day. Oh god, this is going to be such a busy day. time. Yeah, we are going to have a lot of decisions to make here, guys. Oh my god. We're going to get- have a lot of decisions to make <laughs> in the podcast what we talk about. That is for like, sure. But there is there's, there's going to be no shortage of things to do leading up to that movie. Yeah, it and that week. It's such an exciting time. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah, I'm going to tail off and basically agree with both of you guys, I think that the cover is so striking, it's very powerful, and the idea that this book is giving us new canon directly between the films with the main characters is bold, it's exciting, and it's all with a new writer. I I honestly could not, which is, this is a broken record thing, I say this a lot, I could not be more excited for this book. Uh, yeah. Oh, and it, the cover is gorgeous, and it's orange. I'm assuming the spine is going to be orange also. And I was just looking behind me at my bookshelf. That's going to look sick back there. Like, it's like pop, yeah. Yes, I love these high-contrast books. Like, my favorite so far has been um, Last Shot's cover. Yes. It was gorgeous, man. Beautiful. So, like, and it, it looks so good on the shelf. So. Both sides. Yeah, yeah. both sides. Yeah, both sides, so. the, the design work... We can give a shout out to the graphic designers of the canon novels in like the last year. Like I'm looking at Master and Apprentice next to me right now. Both the convention cover and the normal cover pop and are beautiful. And they're really taking their time to make these works of art, which I super appreciate as someone that's going to read them and buy them all. Uh, moving on from any any last ideas. I was, was going to ask. Reborn, I was going to ask that that Poe's face is huge on yes. the cover. You think he's going to be the main character of this book? I think so. He was sort of like they were alluding to the fact that like remember that little mini conversation where everyone looked back at Leia when Poe was like, follow me. And she's like, what are you looking at me for? All right. That's sort of symbolic of mm-hmm. maybe handing the reins over. Right. So I, I think so. Did either one of you read the Poe Dameron comic? Yes. I have read about half of it. I've, okay. I've read all of it. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And not to spoil things for you, Corey, it, it definitely takes that idea and fleshes it out a bit. Uh, okay. He 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 does a really good job of taking over leadership, and I think there's a definite possibility that we see Black Squadron in this novel as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm very very excited for that. Yeah, I think um I think I think I'm gonna have to like you know you guys are both fairly up in comics. I think I'm gonna have to commit to comics going forward. You should like, because because yeah. we we like I am very well versed in in the expanding universe canon legends. I think I've probably read more than both of you guys. I think yes, pretty you, sure. Yeah. Me, um, but I don't know. I don't know squat about comics, <laughs> so I would love to get more well versed in that. So we can, you know, openly talk about what those things do for the expanding universe too, because those are getting more and more important these days. Definitely, 
Definitely. And Eric, to your point about Black Squadron, for those that have read Poe Dameron, on the cover, we see the Falcon, we see two X-Wings, so multiple X-Wings. It's not like the Falcon Good is going point. out and yeah. then like Poe is flying his X-Wing. There are multiple so I think we could see Black Squadron. That's a good idea. I'd love that because those characters are, are written so well in the comic, and I think that'd be a cool way to further synergize all the media. Because if we're getting who a is, film lead who up, is Black Squadron is that Poe's squadron that are in the yeah, films? Yeah, it's okay. like him, Snap, Snap's uh, wife Carrie, and a few other people. Who is who is left at the end of the last Jedi in Black Squadron? All, all of them, I believe, because they were off oh, planet. Really? They were off they, planet okay. doing other missions, yeah. and then the Poe comic. And the end of the Poe comic tells you where Black Squadron is at the end of Last Jedi. Okay. okay. So, like, the girl... Who is the girl in the A-Wing in The Last Jedi that... Tally. That Tally. Died in the hangar. Was she Tally. In, was she in Black Squadron? No. That's different? Okay. Yeah, that's different. Oh, Tally Lintra. May she rest. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next one. So, our, we always have a YA offering. First one not written by Claudia Gray. This is Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick. And man, you want to talk about a cover that grabs you. And asks and it poses so many questions. So this one this many. cover actually poses more questions than I think the other one does. So I'm gonna describe it for you. So uh if you haven't seen it yet, it's really cool. It's got this sort of blue, this teal and desert color, like brownish yellow sort of color scheme going. And there's this guy on the front. He looks like sort of a scavenger looking guy. He's got a hood up, blonde, messy hair. He's carrying a backpack with a bunch of stuff in it. He's also got a stormtrooper helmet sort of like strapped to his mm-hmm. back, like next to his pack. Em- Empire stuff. specific. It's not a, it's not a first order. Yes. Helmet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's yeah. a stormtrooper helmet. It's not a, it's not a first order helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got some sort of satchel, which I've really not looked at too closely. And he's carrying a gaffy stick. Yeah. That's the most yeah, the, telling thing. Yes, very interesting stuff. Because he's um, in a desert landscape as well. Yeah. Right, right. Now, the things, I want to go into the, the pack, like, separately. Let's talk about that in a minute, because there's a lot of things to ask questions about of what, what he's carrying. But mm-hmm. what, are your, what are your first impressions about something new like this? Man, I am, I'm so psyched and mystified by this book, because it's, the publisher summary, which we'll read in a sec, mixes the idea that he's kind of force sensitive but also is just picking up junk in a way and the stuff they've picked out for this cover is incredible i mean there's there's the training droid that we see that luke uses that all jedi use to train there's a lightsaber a holocron like this is this is important stuff and it makes me wonder who is this kid and it it sucks me in so immediately because i want to know how he got literally everything yeah, I think that I think that we're going to learn a lot more through this book about what Luke was supposedly doing in between the time that he disappeared and yeah. when we see him at the end of The Force Awakens. And that's actually this is going to be my sort of small claim to fame that Corey said he knew what all these books were. I was going to pitch to you guys a book about Rey essentially going to all the places that were big for Luke's history, like going back to Tatooine, going back to Hoth and finding some things that kind of helped to train her along the way, which they were probably, that's way, way too important of a story. But this almost seems like it could be that where we're going to learn a lot more about Luke through the lens 
of this mm-hmm. kid, whoever he is. He might end up being inconsequential, but I think what he is going to give us information-wise is going to be very consequential. Right, because in the summary, it says this takes place immediately before Force Awakens. Because my first thought when I saw this is, oh, is this going to be a kid that stumbles upon Luke's Academy and we get to see that? But it seems like this is long after the Academy has been destroyed. And since it's just pre-Force Awakens, we already have Kylo Ren. Luke's already in exile, I would assume. So I think you're right, Charles, that he's going to... We're going to learn the story of Luke through the lens of this scavenger guy. Yeah, and what artifacts are actually a really big deal and have sort of been in the mix for a lot of these stories. When you watch The Last Jedi, they painstakingly show all of the artifacts that are in Luke's little you know, living quarters. There's the force, like there was supposed to be some backstory about like a force compass or something like that. that he Yeah. Had. From battlefront. And yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It, and it popped up of how Luke got that in battlefront. So the artifacts thing giving, giving us clues to Luke's character certainly isn't new. So I'm glad to see that we're going to get more of that fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. My big, my big question. I think my first big huge question when I look at this is who the heck is this kid? And Eric, read the publisher summary. All right, publisher summary is as follows. In this journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, young adult novel set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. Yeah, super interesting. Um, for one of the first questions that came up in our Discord, by the way, we've been discussing all this stuff in our Discord, so if you haven't gotten in there already, do that. com slash Discord, quick plug. Um, people have been asking the question, is this kid the same kid from Jedi Fallen Order? Because mm-hmm. we don't know anything about the kid, but he doesn't really look like him. I don't him. think he I looks he, like him. Kind of, maybe could be. I don't Cause, know. Because that kid, it was also, he was a Padawan that was trained, and this makes it sound like he doesn't know what the Jedi are. Yeah, and somebody somebody brought up there's a lightsaber in his pack, and mm-hmm. I mean, do we know anything about this lightsaber? Does it look familiar to you guys? Like, it looks kind of like Luke's lightsaber. It looks kind of like the Fallen, the Fallen Order. Order Jedi or Fallen Order um, lightsaber, but I don't think it's either one. I don't think so either. I think it's just. Um, I think it's a random one. Yeah, because there's the question. I was talking to a friend about this earlier um, in the week. What happens to lightsabers when Jedi die? You know, it. A lot of them kind of just land where they fall you know i mean order yeah. 66 i know the clones grabbed a bunch so the emperor could destroy them right but you gotta think there's lightsabers around so someone's gotta get them uh oh which leads me to one main question i have for the two of you do we see maz Kanata in this book i think I yes know. and what i was gonna say is i know that that lightsaber doesn't explicitly look like luke's but i would have a hard time believing that we get an entire book about someone potentially gathering important artifacts from luke's past and, and that doesn't tie into how the heck Maz Kanata ended up are with they, that lightsaber. Are they, though, related to Luke's past? Do we know that they're related to Luke's past? I, I, I guess we don't know, but he's on Tatooine, I would argue, because he's mm-hmm. got a, a gaffy stick in a desert setting. He's got a training droid that looks exactly like the one Luke used. I mean, he's got a lightsaber... That's definitely a holocron, too, right? Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's a Jedi holocron, holocron. Yeah. Listen, And I want, I want Obi-Wan on that holocron. holocron. I want Obi Wan. Oh, oh, that would be so sick. Oh, I don't think. No, I don't think made, we know he's made them because we saw him on one in Rebels. That's so we right. Know he's that's capable. Right. So I don't see why he I couldn't be. And that. and that would be actually. I want to see that in the movie. 
how how awesome would that be if just Ewan McGregor oh, popped up out of a hologram at one point? I would yeah. lose. My, it. my heart goes pitter patter with the thought, man. <laughs> Let's talk about the other stuff that's in this kid's pack. What is underneath? I was zooming in trying to see. Can you see what's underneath the training droid in this thing? I uh, I think it's a. Is that a travel mug? Uh, yeah, I think it's. A <laughs> is it a mug? <laughs> <laughs> I. It looks like a. It looks like the base of a Keurig coffee. <laughs> it, it's calf. It's a calf pot. I have no. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. I, I feel like it has to be important. Everything else we see in this is important. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell what that is. If you if you know what that is, shout us out on Twitter or in Discord. Yeah, and and satchel wise, I'm sure it's like a notebook with a ledger or something. Yeah, um, there are there are two books in the satchel. If you look mm-hmm. really closely, there's a red one oh, and yeah. a light green one. So well, I don't oh, know. That one. Books I are. Yeah, the red one is definitely Master and Apprentice. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the green one is, though. Yeah, it's the it's the yellow version of the last shot, probably. It'll, probably, um, you're right. You're listen, right. Books, are, books are a big deal in Star Wars, guys, because this is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Everything is electronic media, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that Luke had books in, in you know, the sacred Jedi text or whatever, that's a big deal. So, yeah. you know, books are very rare in Star Wars. So yeah. I don't know what that is, but it looks important. And the gaffy stick. Why does he have a gaffy stick? Well, the other thing about the gaffy stick that I think is interesting is look at his arms. They're wrapped like in almost Tuscan-esque type fabric. So, Or are they wrapped in the way that Asajj's and Dooku's arms are wrapped in Dooku Jedi Lost with those luminous wrappings? I mean, that that, quick plug for Dooku Jedi Lost. Get it. Uh, what what do we know about the author? Do we know anything about the author? This guy's new too, right? He, he's new. I looked him up. He's actually an actor and a writer. Um, he's done a lot of um, like acting on little shows here and there. So I, I'm wondering if he's going to come at it more from a character, like really strict character point of view. Because as a person that is constantly making characters, that's kind of where your mind's going to go. So based on his past experience and based on the publisher summary it sounds like we're really just going to be inside this kid's mind the whole time as he's discovering links to the past and when does this one comes out on november 19th, november 19th? a week okay. after the other one yes nice so 12 12th and the 19th man it's a busy time it is all right and, and let's let's wrap up this we're, we're going a little long which is totally fine because we're so stoked about all these things uh we got a comic miniseries announced called Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance by Ethan Sachs and Luke Ross. Now, Luke Ross has been drawing a lot of the Age of uh, – it's not Rebellion. It was the first one, Age of Republic series comics, which were really well done. This one just says, on the run since the destruction of Starkiller Base, General Leia and the remaining handful of Resistance have barely managed to survive, much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance. Mm. Give me all the fish people, man. Yeah. I'm all about it because there was. I hope it. I hope it justifies Akbar's death. <laughs> I hope it, it's got to be mentioned because Akbar. In the, I don't know if you made it this far in the main Star Wars book, either of you. They talked about the Mon Calamari had a pretty good uh, arc, you know. So I wonder if we're going to meet any of those characters. Do you think this? Uh, do you think what's up with this weird cover that they showed? Uh, they just it's not all finalized. Yeah, no, they can't. They can't show which characters are going to be in it. I'm guessing. Uh, okay, yeah. So the Comics cover of this that, that they release is just black with the Star Wars logo. It says Allegiance. 
has a top secret sort of, you know, kind of classic classified looking stamp on the on the front of the which is not really a cover. I wonder if this is just maybe announcing a line artwork. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's not really it much of much of anything, but interesting. Yeah. Got to get back into the comics. Yeah, they're they're really really super excellent. Man, I'm those all sound so good. They all sound so amazing. Uh, right. which, this which is, are this is not even this is not even counting like the juvenile books or the kids books or anything. This is just the really big stuff that we are very likely to consume. Right. Yeah. Which of the three do you think you guys are most excited for? Just gut reaction. If you could only for some reason we live in a world you only get one. What are you picking up? Force collector, actually. Really? Yeah, and and some people who are listening to this, maybe you haven't given YA novels a chance, but don't confuse the label of YA with that you're not going to enjoy it if you're an adult, because yeah. that's certainly not the case. It's and, purely the age of the characters in the book that determines right. whether it's YA or not. Right, and so, I mean, I, I love Lost Stars. I loved Most Wanted. I'm going to think that this might follow the same trend for me, and... I'm I'm really excited for this one. I think we're going to get a lot of important information. Yeah, Corey, I'm actually more excited for Resistance Reborn. I think because like mm-hmm. I'm just really excited to get a book that has implications for a film. At least is what it seems like, and it could be a huge disappointment. But this one's the biggest mystery to me. We got a new author. It looks like it's important. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on that one, Corey. Resistance Reborn, only because I think it's so crazy that we're getting a book. Sorry, my roommate just came in. Hi guys. Uh, Resistance Reborn is the first one we're actually getting. Something that's that important to the films with this many main characters, it's unprecedented, and I can't can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for all of these. I think it's going to be really cool. I love these journey series. This is like some of the most important stuff that I think we get in the Star Wars expanded universe. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So I want to ask a couple of final questions, but before we do that, I actually want us to take a quick break. We should have a Utini member intro we have these things we've started doing last episode where you're going to hear from a member of our team about something that they love about star wars so we're going to shoot over to that real quick and we'll be back in just a second hey everyone this is freddie c living force podcast tech guy and utini content creator i wanted to talk about my most favorite book in the expanded universe and that would be the truce at bakura the truce at bakura was one of my favorite books not because of what was inside but more of the story behind it When I was 12 years old, I went on a field trip to the library. The librarian asked me what I liked. I said, Star Wars. She brought over to me the truce at Bakura. That was the day I flew into the expanded universe. Ever since then, it's been a heck of a ride. How did you find the expanded universe? Let us know at Living Force Pod on Twitter or hit us up on livingforcepod at utini.com. You can find me on Twitter at WakeUpFreddy. This is Freddy C, signing out. May the Force be with you. And we're back. All right. That was a great little snippet, I'm sure. Maybe. Uh, one last question I want to ask you two before we get out of here. Earlier this week, we got that leak about a potential Kylo Ren book that got, quote-unquote, accidentally uploaded to the Penguin Random House site. Do you guys think there's any way that now that we have the line announced with no Kylo Ren book, that that leak was A, real, or B, still possible? I don't know the hit. I don't. I didn't dive too into like what that even was mm-hmm. like, and and then how they came back and said that that's not a real leak. Like, mm-hmm. but how does that happen if it's not real? That's what I'm thinking. Like, that's a. Pr- it seems like someone just copy pasted an email, the wrong part of it, and they uploaded it to the site without checking. Yeah, because yeah. what did it say? What was the actual phrase that was in there that was really odd? It was like, it it wasn't like top secret, but it was oh, literally confidential and, and unconfirmed. Yeah. 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 So, 
and like maybe it's like unannounced or something like that too. Yeah, it was it was like really that. odd phrasing, and it did very much seem like something that would have been in a company email or something like that that yeah. someone just was not thinking and put in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think I think some of the text in that leak was real. I think mm-hmm. that like they've gone back and said, "No, guys, that was all fake." But I mean, I think something in that was real because that that text was copy pasted from somewhere. I don't think I don't think some computer nerd that had access. <laughs> this is what they were alluding to. They were alluding to that somebody that had database access, like, "Ah, let me go in and freak out all the fans." I don't think so. I don't I mean, think, I think that's somebody it. copied and pasted some real text accidentally into the database system mm-hmm. maybe it was the master before. code breaker that was maybe. it it was dj man but i think that there's a distinct possibility that there's a kylo book coming post rise of skywalker because once we get his yeah. full arc then we can go back I've, I've said it in our discord chats i want a, i want a kylo book i want it to be during his time at luke's temple i want it to just be called ben and I want to see his actual fall with the Knights of Ren. So yeah. I'm still uh, hoping to, out, hoping out for it. At some point, we need to discuss where things are going, expanding universe-wise, after the Skywalker saga is complete. That's a whole episode, I think, by itself. Mm-hmm. We'll throw um, it in the air table. I'm sure we will. Yeah, let's <clears throat> let's do that. All right. Well, we ran out of time for audience questions again this week, but we have them. We promise we're doing them. We just get so excited about these books, man. And this whole... This was huge. This announcement was so huge. I'm glad we gave it the time we did. But that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to tune in every week to hear the crew at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Please, please leave us a review to help people find us. Uh, head over to utini.com for your reviews, your articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. If you want your thoughts on the show, email us at livingforcepod at utini.com. I promise you we're going to get to them. Uh, you can also tweet at us at livingforcepod or join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord where we're talking about this kind of stuff every single day. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD which is real now. And Charles is at C. Hankel. Uh, a special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our technical wizard, and Wes, our community manager Corey Charles thanks for being here guys thank you to our audience for listening and of course may the force be with you there is no hatred there is joy there is no division there is union There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.